Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Good morning, it's Pastor Julie, and this morning we are in the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We began this series last week looking at John Wesley's first rule, do no harm. He developed what were known as the general rules in response to people who had approached him for instruction on how to flee from the wrath to come and to be saved from their sins. This began what were known as class meetings, where groups of 12 individuals would meet weekly to admonish, encourage, and support one another in living holy lives according to these general rules, which we now know as Wesley's three simple rules for Christian living. Our first rule, do no harm, essentially means that as people who follow Christ, we will begin all our interactions with others in the knowledge that we are all loved by God, that Jesus died for every human being, no matter what they believed or their level of faith, And in the name of Christ, we will refrain from any behavior that would in any way cause them harm. Easier said than done, of course. But if we start with this rule and make a conscious decision to do no harm to whoever it is we are interacting with, then it is a good place to start. Following this one rule alone can change the world for the better. We defined what behaviors concerned Mr. Wesley for do no harm seen in our book of discipline under the general rules in paragraph 104 as avoiding evil of every kind and then listing those he saw as most prominent in his day, taking the name of the Lord in vain, working on the Sabbath, drunkenness, fighting, and more. For the rule do good, he writes, by being in every kind merciful after their power as they have the opportunity, doing good of every possible sort and as far as possible to all men. He gives a list to clarify what he means. To their bodies, by giving food to the hungry, by clothing the naked, by visiting and helping them that are sick or in prison. To their souls, by instructing, reproving, or exhorting all we have any intercourse with by doing good, especially to them that are of the household of faith, employing them preferably to others, buying of one another, helping each other in business, and running with patience the race which is set before them, denying themselves and taking up their cross daily. Now I found it interesting that the definition of a rule is a prescribed guide for conduct or action, a regulating principle. Interesting, because I usually think of rules kind of like laws, that there's something we must do, and if we don't do it, then there's a consequence or punishment. And I guess that ultimately there are consequences, but a rule is not the same thing as a law. People who follow Christ, though, and desire to walk in his ways, that understand that Jesus calls us to be more and more like him every day. 
So when he gives us instruction, a rule, or a command, we know that he expects us to work to fulfill those commands as we grow in faith. In Luke 6, Jesus tells us, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Jesus clearly expects his followers to be loving in all situations toward all people, no matter what. So how do we do that in the world today with so much violence, anger, and hate? Are we supposed to put our lives in danger just so we can be exemplary Christians? It sounds good, but I don't really want to be someone else's punching bag. What good would that do? What does Jesus actually mean when he says to do good? And how does that relate to John Wesley's rule to do good? All good questions. Let's dig in. John Wesley says in his general rules that to do good means to deny yourself and take up your cross daily. This echoes the words of Christ himself in Matthew 16, 24, where he tells his disciples, if any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. He goes on to clarify, saying, for those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? Through these words, he seems to be telling his followers that we should live our lives by putting the common good ahead of our own good. If we want eternal life, to be saved from our sins, then he calls us to make the choice to live a different way than the world calls us to live. As Christians, we are to be proactive, making the conscious choice to live in the kingdom of God here and now, to claim our status as children of God, and to show the world this better way of living as we choose to love our even our enemies by doing good to all people in all situations. This command is a universal command given to all people who wish to follow him, to have eternal life, or as John Wesley put it, flee from the wrath to come and be saved from their sins. Choose to put the welfare of others, the common good, ahead of our own good. But does denying ourselves and taking up our cross mean that we should become doormats, let ourselves be abused, or sell everything and give it all to the poor, leaving us with no way to care for ourselves? Good questions. The simple answer is no. Over the ages, to deny oneself has sometimes been interpreted to completely sacrifice everything, even our own comfort and basic needs in order to help others less fortunate. And this has led to some very unhealthy behaviors and a lot of guilt. Of course, God gives us what we need to take care of ourselves. He loves and cares for us as much as every other human being. To deny ourselves the basics of care is not what God would want for us. We are never to think that we are somehow less than all other people, but neither are we to think we are better or more deserving than others. Love your neighbors as you love yourselves. Caring for ourselves, making sure we can pay the bills, have food on the table, shelter, 
and what we need to take care of those God has entrusted to us, like our families, is important as we receive the grace and gifts God has given us. We are never given enough to care for the entire world, but God gives us what we need, and usually more, so we can help others in need as well. We start by embracing the love of God for us as individuals and embracing the love God has for all those we encounter. And as we do, we will want the best for them, just as God wants the best for us and for all his children. We will love because God first loved us. As we grow in the knowledge and love of God, we will grow in our love for others, and we will work for their welfare even more than our own, because we will trust that God will provide what we need as we help provide for the needs of others. That's what it means to deny ourselves, to put the needs and welfare of others ahead of our own with full confidence that we will always have what we need because we have a God who loves and cares for us. But what keeps us from choosing this way of living, to do good to everyone in every way we can? Well, there are many reasons we might shy away from doing good at any given time, and one or more may be what holds us back. We want to be in control. We want to know the cost of doing good. The needs of the world are so great, we can easily let our emotions get the better of us and be tempted to give away more than we think is reasonable, allowing guilt to creep in and control us. This is how we feel when we can't or don't trust God in his love and care for us. We can't control what will happen as we give or as we do good things. We can't stop the overwhelming needs of those around us, even if we give everything away. Control is always an illusion. And whether we have faith or not, whether once we let go of something, whether words or deeds, there is no control. Doing good in any circumstance takes a lot of faith and trust in God so we can let go of needing to be in control. Another thing is the many different needs we are faced with every day. What do we choose? How can we say yes to one thing and not another? It can cause anxiety that paralyzes us. I know it's happened to me before. You decide not to give anything because you would feel guilty about the ones you couldn't give to. But for that, I will say that as we learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, as we find our God-given passions, we will discover that we can give our time, talents, and resources to those people, those situations that God will lead us to, knowing that God will lead others to those other people and situations that have needs. We aren't called to do it all. Maybe the only good we can do for someone is to lift them up in prayer, that God will make a way, will provide and care for them as well. Again, it comes back to trusting that God's will will be done. Another issue that holds us back sometimes, and I hear this a lot, is that if we give to someone who begs from us, like those homeless people on the corners with signs, that they'll just go and buy alcohol or drugs. How is that doing any good? Well, my friends, that is not a cut and dry situation. It does, however, go back to our desire to be in control. I'm not saying we should give to everyone we see, 
But our concern should never be what they do with our gifts, our acts of kindness and love. Once we give, if we are giving in the name of Jesus, how they use that gift is seen by God, and ultimately they have to answer to him for that. In Matthew 25, at the judgment of the nations, Jesus doesn't ask what people did with the gifts we gave. He only asks if we gave them. Did you give food, clothes, visit the sick, and in prison? We can't possibly know what good those acts of kindness will do. They may totally be rejected or scorned. We may be ridiculed, which incidentally, in the Beatitudes, Jesus tells us we are to be happy about. But what we do know is that those acts plant seeds, and we never know when they will take root. We are called to do good, not to make sure that goodness grows into something life-changing and beautiful. That's God's job, not ours. The last thing I'm going to talk about, although there are others that keep us from doing good to others, is really our prejudgment of those who are in need. We sometimes make a judgment about whether or not they deserve our goodness or withhold our goodness, believing they somehow need to lie in the beds they have made. They've let themselves get addicted. Why should I help them? They've made terrible financial decisions. They should do the hard work of digging themselves out. That person is a mean, angry person who never has a kind word to say to anyone. Why should I even give them the time of day? They have committed a terrible crime. How can I show them any kindness? Aren't they getting what they deserve? The truth is, when we put our desire to control the outcome and our judgments aside, seeing all people, no matter what they are like or what they've done, as people God loves and wants to bring into the fold, then we can make the conscious choice to want the best for them too. What would be the best? Well, I think about Putin and the terrible things that have happened because of his actions. The world tells us to hate him. I find myself so sad every time I see his face or think about him. What is happening to his soul? What will happen if he continues down this path? How many more lives, including his, are being harmed every day? I want the best for him. I pray for him and his soul every time God brings him to mind. If we can do nothing else for those who we may think of as evil, we can pray for them, wanting the best for them as we pray for their salvation. Can we commit to praying for the souls of those who abuse us and others? Can we commit to doing what we can for those around us who need a friend, need a hand up in some way? even if it means we don't get to buy that new gadget because we're going to give them the money we would have spent? Can we be encouragers, building people up, no matter what the condition of their soul? Can we repay anger and hatred and bitterness with kindness? Reach out to those in our church family and our community who might be facing a difficult time. Ask the question, Anytime we are faced with another human being, what good can I do in this situation? How can I make this person's day better in some way? It might just be a smile. 
It may be sacrificial giving. It may be serving your community through service organizations or through the church. It may be falling on our knees before God for their provision and or their salvation. Just doing no harm is a good place to start. But finding ways to do good, as Ephesians remind us, that God created us to do, to be our way of life, is our calling as we follow Christ. John Wesley tells us in his famous quote, Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Find ways to do good. Overcome those barriers, and we'll all see the goodness of God as we do. But as we know, we can't do any of this on our own. It will take rule number three, stay in love with God, to give us the tools and strength, the ability to follow those rules. Let go and let God work through you this week as you find ways to do good to those who love you and those who maybe don't. Praise God for his goodness to you. And let that love flow through you to change the world as we follow these three simple rules. And simply, well, maybe not so simply, do good. Amen.